I've only been doing the singer songwriter thing for like 10 years now. So I was well into my thirties where I started doing all this. And before that, I was just a side man. I just played bass that bay all over town, you know? So I, I, I grew up playing a shell and all that back there as a little bass man in the shadows. Welcome to the Shellcats, a show about music, culture, and Memphis. As we live into our mission of building community through music, education, and diversity, we look forward to interviewing artists and musicians and hearing about how they are writing their own stories, building their own communities, 85 years strong, and with a rich history, the shell has stood the test of time as a beacon of hope in the heart of Memphis. This podcast is brought to you by Orion Federal Credit Union, where a big part of us is being a big part of the community. Visit orionfcu.com to see how Orion is redefining banking. Welcome again to Shellcast. Mark Edgar Stewart is one of those guys you want to see in concert over and over and over. So much talent, so much personality. He started in school playing classical music. He became one of the most in-demand sidemen in all of Memphis, a position he still holds, by the way. And once he decided to be a frontman and a songwriter, he became so good at it, he draws favorable comparisons to people like Bob Dylan and John Prine, and justifiably so. We are delighted to be able to welcome Mark Edgar Stewart to Shellcast. Mark, thanks for taking the time today. Man, thanks for having me, man. This is fun. I, I, I got a good feeling already. Uh, I love that. It's always a good feeling when you're on stage at the Shell. I know that. And it's always a good feeling when the technology works right off the bat. So here we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess the biggest news right now is the brand new album, Until We Meet Again. Uh Are you happy with the record now that you've had to live with it for a while? Yeah, I'm happy with it. You know, uh, uh, I recorded it back in May, I believe. Of course, the the wheels take a while to get things going. But uh, yeah, it's going to come out and and, it's out and and, and I'm really happy with it. It's a little bit different for me. It's something that I probably should have chased a long time ago. But uh, I I think we sort of captured it on this record. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. You've got a really, really interesting uh, catch line that I read about the album. You're describing it as a quasi-concept album about love, life, and afterlife. Yeah, pretty much. I, I just figure after the past two years we've had in this crazy, crazy world, uh, 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 no one wanted to hear anything too heavy and deep from me. So so I just kind of kept things light, and everything's just about love and family and, you know, and afterlife and dying and, and heaven and all <laughs> kinds of cool stuff, you know? So just, just right. keep it up. I'm not saying death is not heavy but but you know just just, just keeping everything kind of lighthearted and you know not not no no soapboxes this time <laughs> was it more difficult to make the record because of all the pandemic stuff and and this and that and the other kind of you know i mean of course the whole you know the covid thing and the masking thing and all that that, that makes things a little difficult getting people together in a room and you know, make sure everybody's comfortable. Because everybody has different comfort levels with this kind of stuff, which, you know, sure. you know, I, I, I respect all that 100%, you know, and, and so that can kind of make things a little tricky sometimes. But we, we seem to work it all out and, and uh, had a great session and, and think we had a pretty safe session too. So, yeah. Always good. Did your creative process get altered because of the uh, the pandemic and everything? Did you Did you approach writing the album in a different way this time? I, I, yeah, I think so. You know, um, like I said, I just started writing lots of songs and I was just sort of 
when I first started writing, you know, it, it was kind of topical kind of stuff that was kind of relating to what was going on with us in the world, you know, and it just seemed like everybody was doing that. And I decided I don't want to do that. I just stopped writing about what was around me. And I just sort of try to just really focus on, 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 on good things, you know, and, 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 and what I do love about life and music and friends. And yeah, I, I guess I kind of wrote about what I wanted my life to be at the time, you know, I think that's a wonderful thing. <laughs> it was kind of, kind of dreaming in a way, you know, even though we were in some pretty dark places back then, I was just kind of writing about, you know, what's hopefully going to be on the other side. Yeah. I mean, the, the first step to making some a reality is dreaming about it. So absolutely. That's kind of where all these songs came from. And, and yeah, all these tunes are written within probably the same month or two. Like I just kind of, Oh really? Yes. I wrote about, wrote about 20 songs really, really quick, you know, and, you know, and I'm, and I, I'm not patting myself on the shoulder when you hear them. These songs are pretty simple. It doesn't take that long to write these songs, but 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 they were just there. And I just they just came out really fast, you know. And 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 I've never actually gone into making a record with just a brand new batch of songs before. Like I've yet to even play these songs live, you know. It's just this is what I wrote and went to the studio a month later, and 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 this is what came out, you know. So. Well, you always surround yourself with really good people in the studio. I'm I'm guessing this was the same this time. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, uh, produced by Reba Russell and Don Hopkins, and, wow. and uh, which is something kind of new for me. You know, I've 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 been produced in the past uh, with Jeff Powell. You know, which which those right. first two records, which I love Jeff, and maybe one day we can work together again. But uh, uh, Reba kind of had a different idea. It was, it was kind of her little brainchild, sort of. You know, like she kind of pitched it to to the label owner of Mad Jack or Ronnie Russell. Right. And, and then just we were off, you know, I really, really hadn't planned on making a record so soon. I, I made one about three years ago and I thought I was going to sit on my hands for a little couple more years. But, but this opportunity came up to work with Reba and, and the wheels just moved really quick. So, boom, here we are we're making a record. We did it. And she really kind of brought out different things in me that no one's ever tried before, you know, just really made this record uh, around my voice and my singing, which no one's ever really tried to push me as a, as a singer or as a vocalist. So that was kind of new for me. Well, she's such a phenomenal artist on her own as well. So uh, Absolutely. You know, in the past, you make a record, and, you know, and I played most of the instruments on my, on my first two records and you, you get all into the music and all that. And then it's almost like your, your vocal sort of the last thing, you know, and I know it's probably not the best way to do it, but that's kind of way I've done it in the past, you know, it's, oh, mm -hmm. let me just lay down the vocals now. But, but this record was uh, just the opposite. It was all about the vocals first. It was about the performance, uh, you know, and it did it doesn't move you. Is there a feeling to it? And, and if the music wasn't perfect, but the vocal was perfect, then that was always the take. So wow. that's, that's kind of how, how Reba and Don produce. Yep. So, well, they've been working together for a long, long time too. So they have, and, and I think their biggest contribution uh, as producers was just songs. You know, like I, I, I gave them like twenty-five songs to choose from, and they kind of just chose these ten songs and. And, and I think that's kind of why there is a thing there. And, and, I, and I really think it was because it was sort of just having a, 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 a female perspective on all this. I think that's just really, really valuable. She just, they pick songs I probably wouldn't have thought of, but you know, now that we, we recorded them, I'm so glad we did them. You know, like they just, they just, yeah, they, they kind of took it from a, from a, from a different angle and, and, and hopefully mm -hmm. it worked. I think it did. That's a good way to work though. When you work with different people and get a different perspective on your own work, that's uh, that's a great way to keep moving forward. Absolutely. I have totally had a different perspective, you know, and everybody, you know, with me, was just, it, it was, it was a cool record to make, you know, we, we made it really fast, you know, but, but I think that's a good thing. We just, 
we just kind of did it in pretty much a weekend and mixed it a few months later and, and boom, here we are, you know? So hopefully people kind of, kind of hear that. What's going to happen to the uh, songs you didn't use for this record? Have they find their way to another record? Oh, yeah, they'll probably make a record one day when, when I'm ready to go back to writing records, bad things and, and super personal things and all that. I'm sure they're, they're making a record one day. Oh, and that's my dog, Joe Dog, right there. Live television, everybody. <laughs> Well, at least he gets a say, and that's perfect. Yep, yep. <laughs> Do you have any uh, plans to tour to support the record? Yeah, I've got a few gigs booked around. You know, gigging's still a whole weird little thing with, with all the yeah, stuff. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, so, so things are, are opening back up, but then you got 5,000 people trying to book the same 40 venues, you know? Right. And, uh, hold on one second. Okay, yeah, just close that door right there. Again, live television, everybody. But so yeah, I've got about five or six gigs booked out in the road. You know, uh, next month about release time and try to cool. make that go out a little bit of press and just kind of play the game a little bit. But don't have as many gigs I would like. But it's definitely a, it's a little trickier now. Yeah, it really is. It's uh, it's it's just tricky on the overall being a musician at this point in time because everything that you've done up until this point in time is is changed. It's different. It's way different. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, even here locally on, on the scene locally, it's just it's a different animal than it was two years ago. You know, like like it's it's yeah, and hopefully a lot of it's for for good for, for the good of it. You know, but but yeah, there's just it's, it's a little different. You know, working at the shell, it's it's uh, with the pandemic and everything, having a chance to really reconsider things and think about what means a lot. I've really seen how much music and entertainment means to people in their lives. Yeah, no, I, I believe it. I think it's something that we need. I don't, I don't think that folks knew they needed it until they didn't have it. So so now that it's back, I, I hope it's just going to come back bigger and better than ever. So fingers crossed. Yeah, indeed. You get compared to a lot of really, really incredible people. I've seen comparisons to John Prine, Randy Newman, Steve Goodman, even Bob Dylan. Are, are people like that heroes of yours in the music industry? Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, I grew up listening to all those guys, you know. Right. And, 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 uh, I'm not a pimple on their butt, though. That's some pretty, pretty, pretty. Uh, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but that, that's a. Whoever said that, thank you. But, but, but no, no, I, I, I grew up listening to all that stuff, especially John Prime. John Prime was one of my all time favorites. And, and I even got mm-hmm. to meet him one time. And, and it was just, oh, nice. a, just one of the highlights of my life. Yeah. So, so, and I was really, really, really bummed out when I lost him. You know, there's a. There's yeah. a there's always those celebrities you, you lose where it just feels personal, like, like you really lost a friend, and, and John Prime was definitely one of them. I understand that completely. I always feel like when we lose one, it's, uh, it is losing a friend that maybe I didn't meet, but still yeah, very much a friend. You, you never met these guys. You don't know them, but you feel like you do know them, and, and, you, and you shed a tear over it, and you're just sad. Yeah, you, exactly. you mourn them. You know? and I remember I had that feeling when Levon Helm died. Oh, yeah. uh, I had that feeling when Eddie Van Halen died, and I had that feeling when John Prop died. Those three times just tore me up. Want to learn more about how you can support the Overton Park Shell and its mission of building community through music, education, and diversity? Head to OvertonParkShell.org. You can read up on our 86-year history and check out our schedule of events, visit our shell shop to grab all the swag, and find out ways that you can participate in our mission. Whether that's through donations, volunteering, sponsoring a concert, or becoming a member of the Shell Circle. Once again, that's OvertonParkShell.org. Who are some of the other uh, musical influences in your life? Uh, a lot of them, I guess. Uh, 
to be honest, some of my biggest musical influencers are, are just locals, people I've played with, you know, like I've only been doing the singer songwriter thing for like 10 years now. So I was well into my thirties where I started doing all this. And before that, I was just a sideman. I just played bass with everybody all over town, you know? So I, mm-hmm. I, I grew up playing a shell and all that back there as a little bass man in the shadows. And so I think I've just been influenced by, by everybody that I've, you know, had the privilege of, of playing behind, you know? So mm-hmm. I got my start. I played with all kinds of people, but I played with Alvin Youngblood Hart for a couple of years and oh, nice. played with John Paul Keith for a whole bunch of years and played on those first couple of records and guys like that were a really big influence, you know, just kind of seeing, you know, what it's, how these songwriters do their thing, you know, Corey Brandon, I played with him for a while and then played on a couple of those records and, and that was really kind of like a lesson in songwriting too. Jed Zimmerman, Jimmy Davis, Keith Sykes. All these guys, like big influences on me as a songwriter. So I'm, I'm going to give hats off to, to, to my local people, you know, especially guys like, like Keith and Jimmy. It's a lot of Memphis royalty there, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we're, we're blessed. We're full of it here, you know. And we are indeed. What what caused you to uh, want to go out on your own as opposed to just being a sideman anymore? Uh, about 2012, I guess you could say I, I kind of had some, some, some life experiences, you know, and, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I, 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 I had something to say. And I don't think I ever had anything to say beforehand. So about 2011, I got sick. Um, I, I got I got cancer, and I went through that for like six months. And you know, and you know, when you get told you have cancer, and you're you know, you're just a young man. It, it really kind of changes something in your brain, you know. And sure. And, and even though you know, I, I knew that I was going to get through it. I was young and strong, and I got through it. And you know, my my hair is a little more curly now, a little more gray now because of it. You know, I just. I had a lot of free time and I just, I wanted to write songs. I always envy those guys I played with and I just, but I don't think I ever had anything to say until then. And then a few months after all that, I lost my dad and that was a big influence, you know, and then all of a sudden I just sort of made this record for him and that was Blues for Lou. And that was my first record that came out. And, and I, just, I got lucky, man, that the local music community really embraced it. And I made all the top of the list and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and people were really kind to me. You know, I got really lucky on that one. So writing the first song, what was that like? Uh, finding my voice. You know, I'd, I've never been really tried to sing before. Even when I was a sideman, I was a terrible backup singer. I could never remember words. I couldn't sing and play bass at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I just had to find my voice, you know. And I think the first thing I did was just sit around and find my voice. I would just sit in, sit around my house and just sing into my recorder, into my phone memos and, and try to find, like, my voice. And, and and when I realized I had a little pocket I could do, there wasn't many songs to choose from that I could sing. So then I figured I just need to start writing my own. So I kind of started writing songs, you know, mm-hmm. kind of around how – how I could sing them and, you know, and, and the content was what was going on at the time, which was the stuff I just mentioned. Sure. So now that you've got, uh, I guess, Until We Meet Again is your fourth album. you got four under your belt. How much different is your creative process now from when you started? Oh, it's it's way different. Well, I guess in the beginning, I was just so green. I was so new at it. I, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. You know, like that first album was just, this is the first song I've ever written, you know, and, mm-hmm. and and, and I listen to that first album, and, and, and on one hand, I'm like, yikes, man, I'm so green. But on the other hand, it's really kind of cool. It's unique. You know, it just sounds like me. You know, that's kind of it's something that used to bug me for a few years, listening back on that first one. But now I listen to it and I absolutely love it. You know, it just took about 10 years to really embrace that for what it was. And, mm-hmm. and I'm real proud of that first record and the second record. But, yeah, I was just I was just really figuring things out then. And not that I haven't figured out now. Well, but. I, I think you should be. I think Blues for Lou is one of the most honest records I've ever heard. 
yeah, I just, I'm really proud of that one, you know, but, but yeah, it's, uh, now, now I feel like I'm kind of know what I'm doing, but I still probably don't a hundred percent know what the heck I'm doing. <laughs> was there uh was there an aha moment in your life when it's like i can be a musician yes um so i uh i'm from uh palm of arkansas so i started mm-hmm. playing i was a symphony geek so i played upright bass in the in the symphony playing bach and mozart and all that kind of wow. stuff and i was you know then i was in the youth symphony and the arkansas symphony and all that i even got to play bill clinton's inauguration once which was kind of wild but wow. uh but my my dad was always into everything, all the sun stuff. He was into rockabilly. He was into Johnny Cash and Carl Perkins and all that. And I just kind of remember kind of seeing those old pictures and seeing that upright bass and kind of making that connection going, oh, man, that's what I play. And and it's cool when it's rock and roll. It's not quite as dorky when, you know, because I was mm-hmm. used to playing rock and stuff. And I actually kind of hated it a little bit. When you're a kid, you sort of just, it's just an activity in school. But, but I remember I really started, I was about the time I kind of thought maybe I could do this, you know, and. And then I, I came to Memphis the first time when I was 15. I had my first recording session at Sun Studio with Wayne Jackson of the Memphis Horns. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, and that, that was kind of a random deal. I played a little band with his nephew, Brian. And and uh, one Christmas, Brian's like, hey, my uncle says we can come to Memphis and record for my birthday. So so I kind of got to tag along. And, and that was a big moment for me. You know, I, there I was at Sun. I was like, wow, I knew all about that place. And Sure. And there I was, you know, and I, and I was slowly starting to figure out that Wayne was kind of a big deal. And then we, we did a few of those recording sessions. We did one the following year, and Dawn Hopkins was the engineer. I think she was just fresh out of fresh out of recording school. No kidding. Wow. So you talk about, like, life full circles, you know, and, uh-huh. and that, that was definitely uh, in my brain when all this came about about a year ago for this new record. It's like, yeah, I would love to work with Dawn because, because that, she's kind of where I got started 30 years ago, and we just sort of lost touch. So full circle here we are so there's a lot of a lot of full circle moments on this new record but it's about that time when i know i wanted to play music then i moved to memphis and and on the scholarship playing the upright bass and then i got the rock and roll bug and joined a band called the politics and we kind of we were like the little local heroes for a while and mm-hmm. and uh, i remember our first gig was at alex's and uh nice. I was, yeah i was like 95 and i remember then going man i like this i want to do this <laughs> <laughs> Now it's kind of a sad thing. I was like, oh, I'm at Alex's. I just found what I want to do in life. But but I remember just sort of liking, I don't know. I just, I like playing music in front of people who are drinking beer and enjoy what I was doing. And that's kind of when the addiction started. That definitely shows. Haven't seen you on stage at the Shell several times now. It's, it's uh, you always look like you're having a lot of fun on stage. You, you, you got to have fun, you know, and I always have fun when I play. I get terribly nervous. I mean, I really get crazy nervous and anxiety ridden leading up to it, but but the payoff is always the gig. And, and then that night after the show, is, 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 there's nothing better than, than just that feeling you have after a great show, you know, and, and that's the drug of it. That's why we keep doing it. You've gotten to work with so many uh, amazing, talented people in your life. Do you, have, uh, do you have some dream people you'd still like to work with going forward? Yeah. Oh, there's always dream people I love to work with. Uh, uh, oh, Lord, you'll put me on the spot here. But uh, uh, <laughs> I've gotten to work with quite a few, you know, but I would love to maybe work with some of my old, old heroes who are still living. I don't even know if that's even possible anymore, but I always, I always have this dream of, of Jerry Lee Lewis decided to cut a record in Memphis and, and, he, and he, 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 he needs a bass player. I always have this dream that I'll get that call one day, you know. Sure. And I got 86 now, so I don't know if that dream's ever going to happen. But, yeah, I think about that stuff all the time. You know, like my old heroes are still kicking, you know, like Jerry Lee or 
of course, we lost John Prine. That was a dream, too. And, you know, a lot of guys like that. Tony Joe White, that was a big deal for me. He's like, ah, I want to play with Tony Joe White one day. And, right. And, uh, I got to open for him once, but I never got to play with him. Can you ever see yourself on the other side of the board? Do you want to uh, get into producing and, and uh, technical work someday? Yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing now. So I'm sort of making a slight little transition. Um, I, I just produced a record on Jed Zimmerman. Uh, he's a Texas singer-songwriter and just a really great record. We did it here in Memphis with the, with the A-list, the players. And then I just finished uh, producing a record on a young female singer-songwriter you might know called Bailey Bigger. Yeah. Uh, and she's starting to make some waves, you know. So I produced that record down at uh, uh, Zebra Ranch, Jim Dickinson's old place in, uh, in, mm-hmm. in uh, Coldwater, Mississippi. And uh, her record's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be out really soon. And, and I produced that one and, and loved it and got the co-write some. And and work with young artists is, I, I, I don't know, I really, really enjoy doing that. I want to do it some more. And I think that might be where I'm headed, to be honest. You know, always going to play music, but man, I, I, I just love being behind the scenes and, and seeing these people when they're 20 or 22 and, and helping them. And then they just, they blow up, you know, and, and, and it's just, it's fun to watch. You know, I just, uh, I love playing a small role in their own little careers and stuff. I think there's a big reward in that. I think that's one of the most wonderful things that you could uh, possibly say. That's how the music continues to grow and live on. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. You know, so, so that's, that's the whole future. So hopefully there'll be more, hopefully there'll be more. I'm, I'm, there's always be somebody coming up. It's just awesome. You know, and hopefully I'll get lucky. Absolutely. And if you, if you close your ears off to the, the great new music that's being made by young people, you're just cheating yourself. Absolutely. That's what I tell folks, you know, folks like, ah, I don't listen to music anymore. It's all terrible. I don't listen to radio. It's like, well, you're stupid, you know? Yeah. I don't radio either. There's a million other songs, you know, on, you know, online and other places. And, you know, it's not just about the radio anymore, I mean. Exactly. What is, uh, so what's the immediate future hold for you? Uh, touring, more recording, more writing? What's what's next? I'm always going to write, you know, but but I want to mm-hmm. produce more records. That's kind of what I like doing now, you know? And, and I still stay really busy as a sideman. Uh, I, I work at a, Bible and Tire, which is Bruce Watson's gospel record label here in Memphis. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, we've probably, I've probably done like 25 records over there the past couple of years. And I really enjoyed doing that, doing the whole gospel thing. We did a big show at the Crosstown Theater a few few months back with Elizabeth King. And uh, I played bass on that stuff. And I really enjoyed doing that. So I'm going to keep on doing that. It, it, it makes my heart feel good. And I'm going to keep playing my own gigs, but but I really want to kind of keep, keep on producing, you know, and I got a few other people I've kind of, kind of got my eye on and if they are willing to you know work with me I'll, maybe i can get lucky again and produce another record i think that's phenomenal yeah yeah so it's all full circle man everything's a full circle it is yep. it is really appreciate your time today mark thank you so much for talking to us thank you so much man and, and uh yeah anytime anytime reach out anytime i thoroughly enjoyed it i promise you i will and uh here's hoping we see you at the show real real soon you will take care take care bye-bye is so much fun to talk to. Serious thanks to Mark Edgar Stewart for spending some time with us today on Shellcast. If you'd like to keep up to date with what Mark is doing tour-wise, recording-wise, go to markedgarstewart.com. If you'd like to keep up to date with what's happening at the Shell, we're at overtonparkshell.org. All our shows, our fitness series, all the goings-on. If you want to volunteer and help out with a little bit of a donation, we'd appreciate that as well. Thanks for taking some time with us today. We'll see you again soon on Shellcast.